Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown and a little bit shady, mm-hmm. ambition. <laughs> hey, we need to come out with a new line of tea called Brown Ambition Tea. <laughs> oh, yes. This is going to be a little tea, a little a little fill my cup with tea. Matter of fact, let me get my mug. Where's my favorite? Yes. Oh, look. Tiffany, this one, this mug says, that? sip my tea and stack my coins. This is a Buddy hey. original. <laughs> the tea. You brewed the tea last week. I know. Well, I maybe took set, a little social scene. media. Yeah, I took a little social media cleanse last week and completely missed the fact that one of our clips with Tiffany went viral. So if you guys have not listened to last week's BA Q&A, we talk about online mentorship communities and are they scams? Are they not a scams? And Tiffany's take, damn. 150 something comments. I know. How many views? Like 60 something thousand views? Almost 70,000 views. I was like, ah. Dust, we dust you touch a nerve. I know. I know. Why do you think people are, what's what's the feedback mostly been like? It seemed like people were like, hell yeah, speak on it. Yes. That's really been, I think, because we are entering into like this strange space where everybody is teaching. Which there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. If you have some knowledge, teach it. That's great. But some people are not credible, if I'm going to be all the honest. You know, like they're not, they're not positioned to be the teacher because there's just a lack of experience, a lack of knowledge, a lack of maybe certification, whatever. So there are, you don't need all those things for every single thing, but there's certain things you do. Like, example, I would want my doctor to be certified. You know, like I want him to be like to have his doctorate degree. He should do that. But for I follow one of my favorite um, skincare gurus. Her name is um, Felicia This That Beauty on, on Insta. Tell Felicia, say, hey, girl. She's from Newark, too. But I love Felicia. Felicia is a woman of a certain age, right? And she's got beautiful skin. Felicia is not an esthetician. She's not a, she's just a beautiful black girl that tries these different products and products and and services, and then reports back. She doesn't say, I'm an esthetician. She's like, I tried this. This is what it did for my skin. My skin t- tends to be this. It's, you know, so, but I'm not, I'm okay with that. I don't need Felicia to have gone to skin school, you know, because that's not what she's purporting. She's just like, I'm a black girl who loves skin stuff. I try all the things so you don't have to. This is what worked for me, what didn't work for you. You know, use that how you will. And so I'm certainly, I think, Nitty and I were on the same page and that we're not saying that you can't teach unless dot, dot, dot. But there are some instances where we have seen people are teaching and we're like, really? Okay. I'm confused about where that knowledge came from. I teased Mandy earlier pre, pre, um, 
uh, podcast taping uh, chat, I was like, it's like, you know, 19 year old man. He's like, I just graduated college and now I'm going to be, you know, a, um, a career coach. Meanwhile, that man, had not had a career yet. So where, where's that knowledge coming from? That doesn't make sense. But now you've got season still young, Mandy, but she's had a number of uh, careers, a number of jobs, a number of twists and turns that allows her through that experience to share from that place. And now she's like the number one career coach. If you do, if I do say so myself, I mean, I so <laughs> according to my, Tiffany, that's myself. in the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Mandy, what do you uh, think about it? Cause like, if you look at that clip on IG, it's like, I mean, it's not, I'm not, I don't think I'm being super sassy or anything. Not at all. I mean, I agree with the, with fundamentally what you're saying, the fact that, but I, I think what our, our key message is that it's as consumers, you know, our listeners, if there are, if you're out there, and the thing is, there are a lot of people offering their expertise now and offering, yes, we see courses, you see communities, you have like, you know, subscription-based services where they are coaching you or educating you in some way, or maybe it's just a one-time thing, you know, pay for this download where in this download, I'll give you a worksheet or, Mm -hmm. you know, a step-by-step guide or something like that. I think we really, really, our core message is to be really careful as you shop online and to look for credibility, look for where does this authority coming from? Where, like the key things you should ask, first of all, I think it's on creators, like our, you know, educators on us to really share our story and to share where our source of knowledge comes from and give people all the information. So if you don't think after you've read everything about me in my career that I'm the person for you, that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. why I am like a hella transparent with who I am, my story, my experience. And over the past, the course of the past year, becoming obsessed with my ideal client Mm -hmm. and who am I most beneficial for so that I can really target, you know, that consumer and the rest of people won't, won't be interested in working with me and I'm not the right fit for them. You know what I mean? So I think educators need to be really specific and honest with who they are. And as consumers, we have to be, you know, we can't believe in like this Messiah complex that there's one person who's got all the answers and they're going to solve all my problems. Like be realistic about what it is that you are, whether you're deciding to buy a course or download something, what is the person advertising that it's going to be and what's your expectation going in? And then what's their proof? Like where are the testimonials at? Where's the proof of excellence? Are they being quoted anywhere? Have they written a book? You know, what does it say about on their about page? Actually verify that the person is being honest about their background. Like it's, there are people out there and it's not even that they don't have the experience. It's that people, like maybe they're positioning themselves in a way to make people think that they are an expert in something. And the reality is that they're not. Yeah. And like those people end up purchasing something or subscribing to something. And then they're like, wait a second, I'm not getting what I thought I was going to get out of this. At that point, it's like that gray area, right? Is it a scam or... Is it like, were you maybe expecting something that they didn't actually advertise or they just didn't fill in some gaps and you did it yourself, you know, and ended up in a situation where you weren't actually happy with what you got? It's, it's messy. It is. Cause here's the thing, right? So on the surface, you could easily say like, oh, well, like, for example, I believe that if you are coaching in business, you ought to have had a business outside of this coaching, like before you coach me in business, whatever that looks like. Maybe you were coaching in retail before, which is fine, you know, but not that the only business you have is coaching in business and 
that's what you're doing. And that's the only job you've ever had, right? Because then it's just like this weird loop of like, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg, your experience, or you only got experience because you practiced on me. So that's one. I was talking to my mentee last night and she was like, well, I could tell she was struggling with it. Like, cause she coaches and she was like, well, not all football coaches were like in the NFL, like NFL coaches. I'm like, yeah, but that's, but they all played football. Meaning I'm not saying they played football um, professionally, but if you've never picked up a football ever in your life, you have never thrown one. You've never, you, where does that, you're coaching from what space? You don't know how the game is played. You don't know how the ball feels. You don't know, you know, like coaches don't have to, that, that kind of coach, it's not required that you were in the NFL, but at some point you had to have at least played football. You know what I mean? Even just rec- recreationally, because there's some nuance that you gather from the experience. That's not the same for all things. Like my therapist, before she was my therapist, she was a um, uh, um, a coach for me. Now, here's the thing. When she was my coach, did she need to be a therapist? No. So like a personal coach to me does not necessarily have to have a doctorate. Like she's she, Dr. Green is a doctor. She does not necessarily have to have a doctor because I've had personal coaches before. They weren't also, they didn't have their degree in psychology. That was an added bonus. But as a personal coach, that was not, that wasn't a requirement for me. But then when I was looking for a therapist, it absolutely was a requirement that this person is certified as a therapist. So do you see that like, like there are, it's not all the way across the board where it's like, no, 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 no. You know, you absolutely have to have these things in order to be able to to teach a thing. Um, I think it's really nuanced. And and I heard someone say like, yeah, because if someone's not doing better than me, they can't coach. And I disagree with that, too. I was giving you the example earlier, Mandy, of my friend uh, Cabral, his mother, uh, Miss Denise. She, um, Cabral's mother, um, her, her parents started a an eyeglass store called Elegant Eyes. And it's based here in Newark. And they have, you know, they have been through the riots. They have been here, I mean, year over 60 years, I believe, Eleganized has been in business. So from grandparents, parents, to now Cabral and his sister. Now, I mean, if I'm being candid, I probably have made more money, you know, in my business than maybe, the, you know, than the eyeglass store has made, right? But there's no way that, like, I mean, what, one of my number one go-to people when I'm needing, like, business acumen is Cabral. And his mother knows even more because she has been in business for like 50 years. And so, I mean, not only has she had elegant eyes, at one point she owned an IHOP. At one point she owned a Jamaican restaurant. At one point she owned a an, an apartment complex. I mean, Miss Denise is so well. I remember asking Cabral because she's so chilling laid back. You know, not like everybody now, everybody got to be on social, myself included. But that old school, you know, they just did it. You know, so I'm like, I'm like, Cabral, can your mom, can your mom be my mentor? He was like, what? Mr. Denise was like, girl, what you talking about? You know, because, but I mean, she is a wealth of knowledge, despite on the surface, it might look like, well, Tiffany, you've made such and such. No, 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 no. I cannot hold a candle to her level of knowledge because there are some, so there are some mentors that to me require a deeper level of experience in order because business is so nuanced. It's not something that you can do on the sidelines and then tell somebody about. You have to be in it. And so, yeah, so me and Mandy were just talking about like, you know, like what, what is, you know, when you're looking, if the onus is not just on like the people that teach, but also those of you that buy, 
making sure that you're mindful of like, what is it that you need from your coach? What level of experience are you needing? Asking those questions. Are you even ready for coaching? You're, if you're spending $10,000, $20,000, which if that's how much it costs, that's how much it costs. I'm not here to shame if a coach charges a lot of money, but you know, are you even in position? I didn't start paying that kind of money until my business was almost eight figures, you know? And so, yeah, because sometimes I've seen people will complain about a coach, but that's just because they weren't ready for the coaching just yet. They had not done enough footwork to know the questions to ask and what work to do. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, even through creating Bandy Moneymakers, like the 99.9% of the women who come through, and that's the reason I like have an application phase and I mm. actually have one-on-ones with women, um, a lot of women before they officially enroll because I don't want, in my programs, only a few hundred bucks. That's where it starts at. And I mean, that's a lot of money. I'm not trying to diminish that, but I don't want, it doesn't make me feel good to know that someone has come through my community and mm-hmm. not gotten not understood my vision, not gotten on board with, I want women who are going to be talking to each other. It's not meant to be an individual experience, like an online course where you just download it and do it on your own time. It's meant to be, you know, engaging with other women and supporting Mm -hmm. other women. So like, I just want everyone to understand that. But even so, you know, I welcome the one time in the past three cohorts and like 60 women who've gone through my program one woman was like, hey, I've done a couple of classes. I just don't think I'm ready for this at this point and mm. I'm going to bow out. And I really, I took that as a, I took that as a, a learning moment for me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, is my messaging on par? You know, this happened to be a woman who I didn't do a one-on-one before. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm doing more okay. one-on-ones. It's not like those situations are never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, again, I feel like as, as educators, it's like, so how are we making sure that our right customer, our yes. right um, client can find us? And if we're not for them, they can find you know, someone who is. Um, and yeah, I, I I feel a real deep sense of responsibility. Yes. Also, I don't want getting back to Tiffany that I'm out here in these streets. Like <laughs> y'all are going to tell on me. <laughs> like, too many people no, know you. But here's the thing. You'd um, be surprised. Like despite, so like, you know, I, I launched my Patreons for like the, the mentoring. And I realized the mistake that I made was when I first opened the doors, although I said, this is for business, this is for business. Everybody knows me as the budgetista, personal finance. And so in the beginning, like the first month or so, I saw a ton of people leaving. And I'm like, what's going on? So thankfully with Patreon, you can go on and you you could do like an exit survey. So sometimes they'll say, oh, you're leaving. Why? Yeah. And I so looked. So important. Yeah. And I would say the vast majority was like, I came for personal finance. And I said, oh, okay, Tiffany, your initial branding, budgetista, of course, the average person coming here is going to assume I'm going to get financial education here. Even though like when you sign up, I, I have this video where I'm like, we're not doing personal finance. There's some writing that says not personal finance, but girl, people are like budgetista. I love you, girl. Click. They just sign up without looking. So I made sure now that like I have like a like when you go into my Patreon, like there's a it says start here. And one of the first things it says in all caps is you're not getting personal finance here. This is if you need business <laughs> coaching. And then yeah. I made sure that whenever I mention, you know, like um, my Patreon, that I'm like, so remember it's business coaching, not personal finance, because I'm wanting that when you hear me, if you sign up, you know, you come for that reason. But there's still people, every once in a while, I get a handful of people that when they leave, I look and it's like, thought I was going to get personal finance. But to your point, the onus is also on the coach to make sure that you are saying the things that are attracting people who are going to be successful in your program, that they're getting what they come for. Because I don't want, 
you know, for me, it's 10 bucks a month. So, you know, people don't leave like, I hate Tiffany because they're like, girl, just buy, you know, it's the 10 yeah, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, I know, I know I have friends who charge, you know, 10, 20, $30,000, not a month, but like for the year. And, you know, you have to be real careful that you're not getting like, um, people off the street that don't understand what they're getting. Um, and certainly you don't have to be careful if you don't want to, but you know, you, then it, word gets out real quickly when someone loses $30,000. It's devastating for most people. Like people just don't have that. And it like to, to, like I said, is it like we, Mandy and I joked before and I said, I wasn't going to say it, but I think I'm going to say it. It's like, is it a scam? You might not be going to jail, but you're not going to heaven. You know, <laughs> so it's like, is it morally okay? No. Is it a scam? Meaning like, are you going to, you know, like, is there like some sort of legal ramification? Maybe not, but that doesn't make it right. And so you, the onus on y'all who are looking is to vet, you know, what is it that I'm needing? Am I going to get this? Can I ask questions? What is it? What was this person doing before? Have other people gone through this? Like my business coach, Zion, he was so expensive. It was $35,000 a month. Let's do the math on that. So, but when I tell you I was this close to shutting down my business, I had reached, even though we were our most successful at that time, we, had, we were just like literally just under $10 million. It was like 9.988, something, something crazy, right? But I was so overwhelmed. So, I'm, so that's $420,000 a year. But like I said, by then my business was just about $10 million a year. But I was so overwhelmed, despite it being successful, I was going to shut it down because it was, I didn't know how, like I had, we had clawed our way to that $10 million in a way that I knew was not sustainable emotionally, mentally. It was, I was drowning in the work and it was reflective in my body. My, 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 um, my blood pressure was astronomical. Like I went to the doctor, like I just for a regular checkup. She's like, this is the second time your blood pressure has been elevated. I want you to get a blood pressure, blood pressure, blood pressure machine. And then every day text me like via like our app, like, you know what it is. So I started to take it and I stopped, I stopped taking the numbers because they were scary. Like, no, I think like it's like 120 over 70. It's like considered baseline, you know, a little elevated might be 130 over eight, you know, like that, that's in within range. But no, no, I was clocking in like one, 160 over 40 like dangerous for, I mean, I'm not some old lady. And I stopped at first I thought maybe it's just the machine. It's broken. I had my sister do it. 120 over 70. I had Alyssa do it. 120. I had Jarell at the time do it. And I was just like, what is going on? What is going on? And so I realized that you're going to have a heart attack or whatever. Is it a stroke? I'm not sure what you get from high blood pressure. If this continues, if it means shutting down the business to save yourself, so be it, you know? Because I didn't hate it. I just didn't know how to manage. And it was because I brought in Zion and he kind of was like, here's all the things you're doing that you ought not to be doing. Here's how to delegate. Here's how to shut down. Here's how to create space. And so it was worth that money. So I don't want you to think, well, like I'm hating on like, oh, I, I charge a whole lot for uh, for coaching. That, that means some of that person is a scam. No. You know, sometimes it does cost a whole lot, but to me, I'm, it's really more so that like, is there proof in the pudding? Who have they worked with before? He was, he was recommended to me by a very, like, like somebody who I know in business that also does eight figures and was like having a hard time. And, and he totally transformed her. And she told me ahead of time, no, you know, something he ain't cheap. And I was like, that's the key. Yes. A personal referral from someone you trust. Yes. Amen. 
Like if you don't have that, I don't know how anyone makes <laughs> purchases of like that magnitude. Yeah. I without couldn't. a referral or a human yes. telling yes. you I went through this and you know, and this is also the reason why I think it's really important for educators, give away your stuff for free for a little bit, like yes. build those testimonials so yes. that people can experience whatever it is that you're doing. Yep. The smartest thing I did, and I wish I could say I was like some sort of mastermind genius was do 200 free career coaching. <laughs> yeah, but that was genius though. <laughs> it was genius. But, and I think without those testimonials, you know, how are you supposed to convince anyone mm. to trust you? And not just testimonials that you read online, but like to know that someone like I'm thinking I've invested in three coaches in the past, very different book proposal coach, business coach, and another um, like short term sort of coach for okay. around sales. Okay. And as someone who's purchased, like Tiffany, you're talking about purchasing coaching, coaching services, I've purchased coaching services mm -hmm. as well. The key denominator, common denominator is that I had a trusted peer, someone similar to me, like you yes. mentioned in that case, someone who also had an eight-figure business mm -hmm. struggling, you know, someone who had similar issues to me, and that's important, um, that it, they found it really, really helpful and found the investment worth it. Yes. And I have turned down other programs from people who said, yes, I spent the money. Would I do it again? No. Mm. And it it takes time to get those kinds of like referrals, but it's so crucial. So crucial. Whether you're spending $200, 2000 or 200000 like the due diligence ultimately falls on you and no, I think to me, a critical component is, have you even started the work? Some people want to coach day one of their business. I'm like, sis, yeah, open up the laptop and just get to clicking first before you, because you don't even know what you need. You know, like, have you gotten, it's okay to get advice and things like that, but like to pay for coaching, let me get into some sort of groove. So I even know like, oh, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm in need for. So I think, I feel like people either get coaching too soon or they get it too late. Like I waited until I was on my last leg and limping along. And I was like, coaching, please. You know, that yeah, you don't want to do. Yeah. Desperate. <laughs> you know, but you also don't want to do coaching so soon in your baby business because you might be like, oh, I don't even want to do that anymore. Like I said, not to say you shouldn't get advice and you shouldn't take free classes and things like that, but you just want to be mindful like of that. So I hope, you know, I, I'm hoping that viral clip, you know, I'm, uh, no one has reached out to me to be mad, but I'm sure there are people who are like, this damn Tiffany, you know, she, um, what do they people say? Like um, back in the day when I was in college, um, guys used to say I was a cock blocker because I, um, I was a girlfriend, like if my friend was drinking or whatever, because I didn't drink. If my oh, girlfriend, yeah. my friend was drinking and she was like, I'm going to go home with random over here. I'm like, you're not, sis. You're not going home with whatever his face's name is. We're going back to the dorm and I'm going to be able to tell your mother, I, I put you to bed and back in. And they'd be like, oh, she's such a hater. I'm like, I'm sorry I won't let you accost my friend. Yes, don't be mad that I won't let you accost, accost our beautiful black and brown audience that like, no. And, you know, I'll take it. I'll be, a, I'll be a cash blocker. <laughs> <laughs> Any professional who can't engage in like an intelligent debate or conversation discourse about your profession and how to like improve it and how bad actors, you know, how to tell apart bad actors and like that's not that to me is a red flag. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't it shouldn't like for me as a coach, it doesn't it doesn't, you know, make me feel any kind of way that we're being critical of. Yeah other coaches and people mm -hmm. who sell services. I think it makes us better, you know, and it helps build trust with our communities, which is what everyone should be out there doing, building that trust and doing the damn work so that you deserve that trust at the end of the day, right? Exactly. Well, how do you guys, what do you guys think? Tweet us, mm. IG us, 
um, all the things us, um, because we'd love to get some feedback. Like, what do you think? You know, have you paid for coaching and felt like it wasn't worth it? And why have you paid for coaching? Thought it was amazing. And why? Um, we'd love to know. We're Brown Ambition Podcast on IG, um, the BA Podcast on Twitter. Um, yeah. And then Brown Mandy's Mandy Money on Twitter. I love you for trying to. Sorry for promoting me, but no, Mandy Money, not on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Mandy Money. <laughs> Twitter is still Mandy Woodruff. Because <laughs> okay. if I change it, I'll lose my verification badge. Oh, you then. will? I will. They threatened uh, me and I said, fine. No, gosh. <laughs> Ugh, they're such haters. And y'all know I'm the budget needs done all the things. But um, yeah, no, we would love to like know, honestly. I'd love to know the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, what you've I think it's important that they're, you know, we don't condemn all coaching because Mandy and I both coach. So that's certainly not what we're doing. We just wanted you to be, to practice discernment. So you mm-hmm. get your money's worth. Yeah. Okay. If you think there's a scam that you see out there or there's something that you're just not sure about, like our last listener who even asked about these mentorship, quote unquote, scams, is it a scam or not? You know, I'm curious because I can't see everything. Yeah. Um, we can't see everything that's out there. But what is... What is giving y'all a little bit of like heartburn or a little mm-hmm. bit of like, I'm concerned what mm-hmm. is going on here? Let us know. Brandambitionpodcast.gmail.com or everywhere else. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the break or boost. Brown break, brown boost. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. 
I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition, rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. And we're black and back for brown break, brown boost. What you going to do, brown break, brown boost? What you going to choose? Is you going to break, cha-cha-cha? Is you going to boost? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, we're cha-chaing. Okay. <laughs> I'm you know, Vanessa Williams I can't. On. I do the black people perversion of Spanish dancing, which is just to shuffle your feet, I swear, and then move your hips. You know, like this yeah. I hear. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like ninety percent enthusiasm and ten yes. percent That's <laughs> no, my technique. version of any Latin dancing. Oh, <laughs> uh, so brown breaky brown boosty. What are you gonna do, Mandy? Are you gonna break? Are you gonna boost? I wish I had seen this news before last week, but I'm a little bit tardy to the party. But I'm gonna do a brown break. Okay. I have to do a brown break for Sesame Place, <gasps> which is. Sesame Place, like we've been trying to figure out, is Rio old enough? Will he be scared? You know, mm. when to take Rio to Sesame Place? It is this. I don't. Do they have them all over the country? I don't know. But there's one a couple hours from New York, and yeah. it's where you can meet all your favorite Sesame Place, char- Sesame Street characters, and it's just fabulous and fun. Anyway, the heartbreaking videos that I saw. So there was this viral video. Did you see this? Yeah, girl, you know I seen it. First of all, I was going to take the kids to Sesame Place this summer. Now I'm You're like, wow. <laughs> I know. There's a there's a heartbreaking video of these little girls, little brown girls, um, who are I think it's Rosita, yeah, Rosita, yes. who is a Latin American character on Sesame Street, just completely ignoring them mm. and like giving them like a nah nah like hand in the face yes. as 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 she goes by, and then she's like saying hi to kids who are white. And that would have been enough. But then I got on Twitter and there were other videos yes. that were surfacing of like similar craziness and sesame place put out a statement but it's it's so sad like you would think all everything that sesame you know street stands for like they just need to crack they need to do way 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 more than put out a statement they need to figure out who's in those suits is this a pervasive problem yeah you know we are these are little babies yeah and kids feel that when you see those little girls faces oh like breaks my heart so massive break to sesame place and whoever the owners are they need to get their shit together and fix these issues and huge you know that's a situation where i feel like those parents could have felt like it's just us are we imagining this like those instances of racism that aren't you know smacking you over the head but Mm -hmm. the fact that they told their story and then you see more stories coming out like thank you for actually sharing that story posting that video being brave enough to endure which i'm sure is like a ton of bs Mm -hmm. hate and vitriol um, but it's important. So I'm, I'm, I'm breaking Sesame Place and I'm going to boost that family for being brave enough to speak out about it. And you know, what's so crazy. I was, I was doing some digging. Do you know the origins of Sesame Street, which is so anti-racist that it was a psychologist that noticed that, um, black and brown children in particular, especially in urban neighborhoods were behind on reading. And so he said, if I can create a show that is similar to that environment. So if you notice, literally it's called Sesame Street because if you notice, it's supposed to be like New York. 
they had yeah. all these black and brown, like, you remember, it was like all, all of the um, the humans that lived there, most of them were black and brown. And honestly, the South didn't want it. And people were angry at this re- representation in child, child children's programming. But it was created specifically for the very kids that are being like ignored at Sesame Place, which is so crazy. Yeah. Like to know that that's not the foundation that this was actually built on. It was actually built specifically for these children to feel included and welcomed and educated. So do better. Because I honestly, Amazing. I was going to take the kids. I was just talking to my sister Carol. I'm like, should we take Roman and Amelia to Sesame Place? She's like, by we, do you mean you? I'm like, girl, whatever. But yes. <laughs> Want to go to Diggerland? Because construction trucks are the new Sesame Street. I don't remember construction trucks being such a big deal when I was a kid. But let me tell you about a skid steer, okay? <laughs> I don't know why kids – I feel like there's a few – I don't know if Rio have gone, has gone through all these iterations yet. There's a few things that kids go through that they become expert-level experts in. Planets, dinosaurs – like construction trucks and vehicles and things. And it's just such yeah. the oddest thing. And I'm just like, literally, there'll be a moment where like, you know, like the babysit this five-year-old kid. And he's like, do you know that Pluto was the problem? I'm like, how? <laughs> like, Me, I was that kid. <laughs> oh, then you get grown and you don't know nothing. You're like Neptune, like the town in South Jersey. Like you don't even yeah. remember those things. But it's just so odd to me that like, yeah, kids will go like through those phases. Well, I am actually going to boosty boost. I am currently reading... If you were watching on our YouTube, you would see it. So this book, it's called The 12-Week Year. This is actually just the workbook version. I don't, I don't know these people. They're not, you know, ain't no money involved for me. But I started reading it because I'm not going to lie, Mandy, I'm not a really great consistent executor. And I know people think I'm a good executor. No, I struggle a lot. And Keep that consistent. I, yes. And the so I can execute yeah. when under duress, meaning like, Okay, or something's really big, like when my book came out, Get Go With Money, I was like, okay, it was so important to me that I fumbled my way through execution. I was like, you know, I was like, we got to get this done. We have to meet weekly. I just kind of made it up as I went along. Same thing with like when I launched a Kickstarter for Molly Moore. Same thing when I launched Literature Academy. So when it comes to these big old things that it has, it's so important to me, I will execute, but really in a sloppy way. So yes, on the outside, it's like, woohoo, you guys did it. It's like, girl, do you know how many, like of the 10 things we did, really only three of them were the things that like move things forward. And I'm just, I'm exhausted by it. And so, and I think actually Zion had recommended this to me before, but I was ready for it. And then it came up again. I was like, all right, I think I'm ready. So I got the ebook, um, another ebook, the audio version, because that's my jam now. Um, and so I started listening. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And then I was like, but it's the kind of book you really need to kind of take notes. You know, so I was like, you know what? I don't want the book book. Let me get, they had the workbook. So I, I ordered the workbook version and um, I'm going to be working with uh, Tamara, my, my C- CEO of the Literature Academy on like reconstructing like kind of our organizational structure to more similarly align with a 12 week year, but also even on the Budget Nista team with Logan and my team and be like, okay, because I, I want to practice being a consistent executor because it won't just help in business, but in life. You know what I mean? Like, how do you get things done? Um, and why, you know, and like, how do I make that, you know, something that is a habit versus like this Herculean effort? And so the purpose, like the, here's what the 12-week year really like in a nutshell is. It's like these, um, Brian P. Morin and Michael Lennington, these, they're, they're researchers and they were trying to figure out what made, what made people successful, Truly, truly. Was it knowledge? Was it connections? Was it? And they found that there was this underlying 
like um, attribute that they found. And it was like the people who were consistently successful, they were really good at executing above all else. And they were like, well, what does that kind of look like? Like these executors and and they, they started to study all these different companies and they found that companies typically were their most um, executed at the highest level, usually at the end of the year. When it was like, oh my gosh, the year's wrapping up. Let's not waste time on these meetings that don't mean anything. Let's not waste time on, we got to meet our quota. And they're like, well, how can we recreate that same feeling of get things done, get, get rid of the things that don't matter, but not have to wait to the end of the year? So they said, well, what if we can create like a year, but within these 12 weeks? So the purpose of 12-week year, uh, Mandy, is not to get a year's worth of work done in 12 weeks, which is, that's what I thought. I was like, that sounds a lot. But it's to really organize and say, my overall vision, let's just pretend it's the book, Get Good With Money. My overall vision is for Get Good With Money to sell 100,000 copies year one, New York Times bestsellers list. That's the overall vision. And then break that down to goals. So goal number one, write the book. Or like to get, you know, to get a, a, a an agent or to get a, a proposal done, whatever that is. And so those goals make up, that's the 12-week year. So if goal number one was to get a proposal done, you know, and to find an agent, then that's what I would work on those 12 weeks. It's like, and then you break down each week by creating a plan for each week and then tasks for each day. And then by the end of that 12-week year, you're like, I have my proposal and I found the agent. Next, to write the book. And then that's what happens within that 12 weeks. And so but when by the time you're done, you've accumulated all of these major goals that lead to the overall vision, which is a successful book that is a New York Times bestseller. So I, honestly, I'm like, okay. And I see yeah. that I was kind of doing some of those things already when I was successful in executing, but not in a strategic way, accidentally. And so honestly, I'm really excited about it. And I'm actually going to share it with my um my um my mentor Tiffany.com members. And I think we're gonna like we're going to work through the book collectively together because when I teach, I learn twice. And so I'm excited about that. Like, okay, because execution for most small business and new business owners, that's something that people struggle with. So that's my boost. Honestly, I'm excited. If you've read it, let me know what you think. Um, I happen to, I'm really like enjoying it and I'm just like, ooh, okay, if I can master this part of myself, um, it's just, I feel like it, it, can, it can alleviate additional stress. And not have me wonder, will this or will, will this not work? Because you won't have to wonder when you have a very clear plan. You know that if you're working the plan, the plan will work, you know? So yeah. that's my boosty, even though they're not brown. That's okay. As a coach, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of baby steps. I feel like so often it's like deer in headlights. I want to get here. I want to get to the end. And I'm like, okay, but that's not the problem today. The problem is that you don't have something you need today to do a yes. tiny bit, like do a tiny step to get there. Uh, well, that book helped me like finally put away the laundry that I folded on Saturday. <laughs> it could. You never know. Honestly, when I look at it, I'm thinking about like, I'm I'm down. I know you can't really tell because black girls be cutting it well. I'm down like 25 pounds. Like at my peak, you know, like I was just like, I mean, I'm always transparent. Like I like my, at my peak, I want to say last year, uh, maybe mid last year, I was like 200 pounds. And I was like, Tiffany, like this is the largest you've been, which normally it's like, whatever girl, you thick, it's cute. But when the blood pressure was raising and everything else, I said, eh, not so cute. Like, it's affecting your health. Um, and so I was like, but I had yo-yoed. Like, oh, I was vegan. Remember, I was vegan for that spell. Then I dropped. And then it was too much. I was not able to consistently keep myself where I wanted to be before. And then I started to do why recognizing some of the things I was doing. I'm like, oh, that's why what's working is working now. 
because one, like I, one, I found like a, like a, um, something that I like to actually do. Like I actually like jumping rope and I'm still jumping rope. You know, we talked about that before. And, um, and, uh, two, I finally realized that like, I don't do well with deprivation. Instead, I had to find foods that were good for me that I actually liked. And so I was like, you know, I'm like, okay. So like now I flooded like my pantry, my refrigerator with food that I like. So I'm, I was kind of doing this like systematic program for myself because I had to create a lifestyle. Like I, I had therapy right before this. And Dr. Green said, it's the difference between picking up a skill set and technique, which is great to start, but until it becomes an embodiment, you will go back to where you were before. Literally shifting who you are internally. And she was saying, that's why I'm really proud of you, Tiffany. She's like, you're doing an amazing job because you are shifting who you are internally. And as a result, you're making decisions that are that in the that are in your best interest. And that's the lasting change. So I'm finally getting to that place with when it comes. So I'm like down to like 175. Honestly, I don't only have like, I mean, now I feel like my size is fine, I guess. I mean, you know, I'm like, I fit my old jeans and I'm like, that's fine. But I still just want to continue with like working out and in the way that I like, which is walking and jumping rope and doing some lunges and squats when I brush my teeth. Um, and, uh, oh, but okay. yes, that's one of the things that I do too. It's, um, they call it, um, habit stacking and atomic habits, but I've been doing that for like years. I used to do that when I was like, okay, you have a habit you're already doing and, um, tech tack something to it that you want to make a habit. And so when I brush my teeth, um, which is usually at least twice a day, sometimes three times a day, I do lunges and squats. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. And, you know, and I'm like, and so sometimes I'll like even lean against the sink and like do like pushups against the sink. You know, because I don't really like working out, but I like jumping rope and I like walking. But that gets me to get like some lunges and squats and something. You're going to brush your teeth anyway. You're in here. Get your 20 squats in, Tiff. You know, like. That's good. Yeah. I wish I could do that with like kegels. I'm supposed to be doing kegels when I'm like, I sit a lot. Like just mm-hmm. do kegels when you're in the car. And I'm like, dang, I always forget. Oh, girl. I, I wish, girl. Remember. Let me cough just one good time. I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. The... We can do a whole episode about it. I know. I'm, I'm sure after baby, everybody, every woman tells me like, child. Listen, <laughs> it's not a joke. I don't think there's enough kegels in the world. I do not. <laughs> that good sneeze. You're like, well, glad I brought a new pair of underwear because it's a yeah. wrap for me. I know some of the guys are like, wait, what? What? I yes. fear the belly laugh. I love to laugh. I fear it now. It's true, It's true. Women be trying hard not to pee on themselves, basically, when we laugh and, and cough. It just happens. Listen, it's a struggle that you a struggle you will never know. Okay, <laughs> so don't try to understand. But yeah, so but I love that the twelve work the twelve week we, year. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Your book recommendations are always on point. Yes, and so like yeah, if you've read it, or if you want to read it, or whatever, let me know because I'm just like yes, I'm, I'm curious to see people who've used it, especially if you, you're using it and you're like and you have some tips, please share. Because, you know, I want to brown it up a little bit for myself because I'm like, yeah, some of the stuff they say, I'm like, mm, it's clear you're a man because um, that's not how that works. But, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. good foundational things there. Awesome. Well, shall we wrap it up? We should. Call it a show. All right. Check us out Thursday. We're going to be live at our podcast network, Cumulus YouTube page. So go to youtube.com slash Cumulus podcast. There's going to be a link in the show notes. Check us out. It's recession day, y'all. We're going to be talking about the latest clues as to whether or not we're heading toward a recession and helping y'all unpack all of that data. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. See to y'all there. Way. Noon Eastern on Thursday. Little bonus. Otherwise, we'll see y'all Friday for BAQ&A. Bye. Bye.
Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru, and I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.